This is episode three of Chaotic Theories. I'm Jason Chow. I'm Hannah Chow. And this is us talking about chaotic theories and the things that are going on. Uh, in this episode, we're going to be talking about policing, which, I don't know if you've noticed, has been making the news quite a bit. Quite a bit. Um, and I love the protests. I fully support, you know, um, just bringing awareness to the fact that police need reform. Um, but for me, one of the things that I really wanted to share and talk about is what exactly is the reform that we're looking for? Mm -hmm. Because I think that what can happen, what has often happened, is that <clears throat> um, in moments like this, uh, people in power pledge reform, they pledge change, and they may even do certain band-aid things. And then three years later, it all goes backwards. Um, I think about, you know, when, even I was reading about like in Minneapolis, in Minnesota, right? They had a civilian review board put in like five, six years ago, but then basically, it just died, right? Like, you know, it didn't get funded, all this stuff, right? And then the, the union just abolished it. Um, but I think for me where it starts is with a very hard question, which is for me as a non-black person, what do I expect from the police? What is the job of the police? Because I hear this being thrown around a lot. Police saying, we need blah, blah, blah to do our jobs, right? Like, if these things happen, we won't be able to do our jobs. And there is a question of what is the job of the police? And I feel like what has happened, and maybe this has always been the way, the way it is, but what I feel like part of the problem is that I, as a non super oppressed citizen, I am expecting the police to do multiple things. And this is the way that it breaks down in my mind. What the police are being asked to do right now is to punish criminals, right? Sheriff's department, you know, running jails and things like that. They are asked to solve crimes that have happened. They are asked to enforce laws they are asked to prevent crime from happening, and they are asked to be agents of public safety. I think that that is too much for any department, any individual. I think that that is part of the reason why we have all of these, a lot of these issues, is because we are asking police to do all five of these things. And that is, and what happens is that the tools of one become the use become used for the goals of the other so for instance public safety like cops pulling people over pulling people over is an act of law enforcement there, there is a speed limit i am pulling you over because you are going over the speed limit but because we have asked the police to prevent crime, pulling people over has become a tool to search them for drugs, right? To run their plates and everything like that. And so for me, I think that 
a really simple, albeit hard solution is that these five things should not be the same department. And I, I think the reason why that is hard is not because logistically it will be hard. It is because then I, as a non-oppressed citizen, or I guess, right, like as a non-black person, what I have to be okay with, and I think this is the hard issue that we have to struggle with, what I have to be okay with is that there will be more crime. I mean, you hear police use that argument, right? Like, oh, like if, you know, if we're all this stuff, like if we're being held accountable, there's gonna be more crime, right? And I think that the reality is that if you do real police reform, for a period of time, there will be more crime. And that crime will affect non-black people, AKA me. And that is the hard place for, I think, Asians, white people, you know, non-blacks to say, are we, are we okay with that, right? In the effort for police reform to happen, are we gonna change that in our mentality towards the police? Because the reason why I know we have that mentality, why we are asking the police to prevent crime is because when crimes happens, we blame the police for not stopping it, right? When there's a shooting, <clears throat> now again, gun control, different issue, right? But when there is a shooting, people say, well, how come the cops didn't stop him before, right? They didn't find him before. When someone gets, when your business gets robbed, you get angry because you're like, well, why didn't the police like do this or this or this? When you have, you know, when, th when bad things happen, when crime happens, we, we want the police to stop it. And so in that sense, I feel like we have contributed to the culture and the system of police violence because we're asking them to do, we're asking them to stop all crime. That's what we want the police, that's what we've been telling the police to do. We want you to be in the effort of stopping all crime. And, well, all crime towards me, right? As a middle class person, I don't want any crime to happen to me. And the police say, okay, well, the only way we do that is we oppress minorities, right? Like, because that that's the only tool that I they have been given to do the job which we have asked them to do. And so we cannot, we cannot just simply tell them to do use different tools when it is the job that we have tasked them to do that results in the racism that they have. We're basically the minority report without the cool cars, right? Like if any of you have not seen the minority report with Tom Cruise, the plot is that in the future there are they have a way of telling the future of whether people will commit crimes. And so what they do is they arrest them and they lock them up before they commit the crime. And in essence, that's what we've asked police to do, right? We have asked police to stop crimes before they happen. And therefore they're like, okay, right? Well, here is the group that does commit quote unquote more crimes. So let's just arrest them all <laughs> before it happens. And then we're like, whoa, you can't do that. But at the same time, you know, if my restaurant gets robbed, I'm going to blame you, right? <clears throat> and, yeah. 
That was a really long thing for me. That so was so Hannah, long. I'm gonna, I'm, gonna, I'm gonna try to address some lot. of those yes. things. I think one thing that I was surprised by reading today is that crime has actually been falling. Yes. Like every year. <laughs> everywhere. In, in everywhere America. in every metric. Uh huh. And yet our budgets for police continue to grow. Now there's lots of reasons for that, but one of the reasons that people talk about is it does go along with what you said, which is that um, they're expected to continue to stamp out crime. And, you know, uh, if you ever re read about or hear about Comstat, which is this program that the police have used to try to predict crime, um, right? If And uh, they There's say a that... great two-part episode on Reply All yes. about Comstat. And basically, the police have to keep getting better numbers every year because the mayor wants better numbers every year. Um, and so they will use policing tactics to make those numbers look better, even if these tactics are hurting the people they're supposed to serve. And so, yeah, I, I think there's a lot of perverse incentives when it comes to policing, uh, because policing encompasses so many things. Um, and so, yeah, I, I think a lot of people right now are looking at what it means to have a police force and what their roles are. And I think the the biggest thing is, you know, a lot of people who are talking about changing the role of the police, it's, yeah, they are asked to do way too much. Um, you know, uh, the same cop is called to help a mentally ill person on the street, same one called to a domestic violence situation, same one called to investigate burglary, same one called to investigate an armed robbery in progress, right? Same, Solve a murder. Yes, and it's, it is crazy, their job description. And a lot of these guys, what are um, trained for a year, two years in an academy, and they're not trained in, you know, sociological uh, impacts. They're not trained in, um, uh, you know, talking to mentally ill people, right? They aren't, right? And so... Or even if they are quote-unquote trained, they're trained for like seven hours. Exactly. That's, no, that's <laughs> what, no, I'm, so I'm saying they're not trained, yes. right? Like that doesn't count as training. But I think part of that why I is I've seen a lot... I feel like the... the conservative like giving an inch, right? Is... Let's just improve police training. And I see, and like, I honestly, I cringe at that because I feel like it's, it's a red herring, right? Yeah, yeah, if I, yeah, if I can go on. So like, oh. I think, yeah, training has become like this code word for, let's talk about this later, yes. right? And so, for example, uh, a lot of people have been talking about, you know, giving less money to the police, right? And uh, I think they've been framing it pretty well, which is we're, it's not saying like just defund the police for no reason. It's give them less responsibilities and use that money in other ways, right? So for example, I think uh, a lot, two things. So one is, you know, for example, if you had mental health professionals mm -hmm. go out who are trained for years, have uh, degrees in psychology and, and social work, if they're going out to see mentally ill people, right? If if the, if you call a number and that's who comes, right? If there's a man who's about to commit suicide off a bridge, don't send uniformed officers, send 
doctors, you know, or uh, people who are trained in crisis management. And the second thing that I, uh, I, I always think of, or that I started to think about uh, now when it comes to policing is um, they're just, they're just so stressed. You know, they really don't know what's coming to them every day, right? Like when, when it comes to my job, I have like a range of things that could happen during my day. There aren't a lot of crazy emergencies, but for cops, it could be anything, literally anything. That's hard to prepare for. Right, because I think, like, I always remember there's a movie called End of Watch with Jake Gyllenhaal and Michael Pena, I think, right? Like, and it's basically every nightmare scenario for, like, a, like a police officer. And to know that, yes, like, that is, that may happen... To know that human beings are terrible at assessing risk, right? It's probably like a 0.2% chance, but it is a 0.2% chance or whatever that is. So for me, I think that even that defund, the defunding, I think, makes sense, but not it, but it will be temporary if we do not structurally and systematically change the departmentalization of these jobs because if it's like you know we're going to put all this money towards social services but we still expect cops to be responding to domestic abuse calls we still expect cops to be responding to homeless people we still expect cops to be doing all these things right then two three years go by right those issues are not solved or getting worse and people are going to say, well, we need to raise the police budget again. And then the difficulty is like with those five different jobs, right? Those five different jobs are asking cops to do. One person is at the top of that decision making, right? Well, we'll talk about unions later, right? But ideally, right, you have a police chief that's on top of that. But which one is the priority, right? It's the same way how like in a, in a company... Like, you may have a CEO, but that CEO has multiple, right, department heads. You don't say in a company, in a giant company like Apple, well, we're making phones, so we'll put the tech guy also in charge of accounting, also in charge of marketing, also in charge of this, because part of what they understand is that those different roles are going to fight, right? And a healthy company, a healthy organization is where they fight well. Right. But right now they don't fight well because one of those is precedent. Right. And for I don't see how someone that has gone through the life of a police officer. You can't balance off all, all five yeah. of those jobs. Right. So to me, this the simple solution is you break it up. Oh, yeah. That, that's right? totally what I'm saying, too. Like the mental <clears throat> health professionals wouldn't be cops. They would be some other department, right. not a police. And I think, yeah, therefore, having those different departments clearly labeled, right, di separately funded with separate unions, with separate all of these things. And then you're spending the same amount of money. Right. Yeah. Like right now, every, everyone got up maybe and a, less money, maybe less. And it's also then you can evaluate which ones are doing well separately. Yeah. Right. Like because you can say, oh, we have a growing homeless population. Let's fund 
these homeless services, right? Or we have a shrinking homeless problem. We don't need to fund it. Hopefully that happens, right? And I think then the question is for for police officers, which one does it fall under, right? Is being a police officer about law enforcement, is it about solving crimes and bringing about justice, or is it about executing justice? I think that it should be solving crimes, which is hard for me to say, because I think that law enforcement is you're a security guard, right? Mm -hmm. It's like, it's funny because I hear, you know, we have law enforcement friends. I hear them make fun of like CHP because CHP is just like a mall cop with like a stronger, like a stronger engine or something, right? Like, you know, security guard with a, with a bat, with a gun. But in fact, I think that CHP, it makes the most sense, right? Like it's a very clear, like, this is your job. Now people can misuse it as they do with everything. Or like Border Patrol, which actually is murky, right? But the idea of Border Patrol should be simple, right? You patrol the border. CHP is you keep people from speeding on these freeways, right? You enforce the laws in this specific area. I think that if that is the case, then you don't need police with guns, right? Because if it is local law enforcement, right? Like you are going around making sure people don't disobey routine traffic things, right? You're going around, yeah, choosing whatever laws you, that it decides to enforce. You don't need guns. You don't need military training. You don't need black uniforms. But I think for the ones who are solving crimes, right? Like, for the ones who are, you know, actively stopping gangs, you know, stopping drug trade. Like, yeah, okay. Then, and I think for me, like, what I wish more people would see is that that is better for the cops as well, right? If their jobs are, because maybe there are cops that they want to do law enforcement, right? That's what they really want to do. Like, it's weird right now because we have, you know, we have friends that are in the sheriff's department and most of them start off in the jails. I think they all have to pretty much, yeah. Right? They start off in the jails, but they most of them want to become... Beat cops. Beat cops. But then even when they're beat cops, they complain about having to do things like domestic assault, right? Like calls. Well, domestic, that, that you'd probably want to send the cops. Right. Okay. But then specific cops for that role, right? Like with mental health professionals and all this other stuff. And yet, so it's, it's really strange how that is the career path because that wouldn't make sense anywhere else, right? Like if you want to be an engineer at JPL, you don't start off in the janitorial department, right? Mm -hmm. Like, you know, you study to be an engineer and then you go be an engineer, right? So why is the training for a police officer, why is it... A jailer. A jailer, right? Because what does a jailer learn? What is a jailer supposed to do is 
should be very different from a police officer. I think one of the reasons that you have problems is because you have jailers who become cops, right? And so they go out into the street looking at everyone as if they're already criminals because that's what we taught them to do, right? We taught them to look at everyone like they're already criminals. And separating those, the difficulty of it though, again, and this is why I like to ask for this reform, the difficulty is It'll take time. And in that time, things will happen. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I, I mean, I think police reform, it, it makes the most sense. I mean, I've been watching a lot of these videos on Twitter about uh, police interacting with protesters. And um, a lot of people will say, you know, you won't see the whole video. But some of them, you can see the whole video. And I've even have cop friends who are like, yeah, like, that cop should not be doing that violent action. Um, and yeah, there is, there, there obviously is something uh, where there is either like an us versus them mentality that the cops have versus civilians, or it could be a lack of um, empathy that happens. I mean, there, you know, there's that famous Stanford prison experiment. As soon as you wear that uniform, like you literally, you're like, you click and you mm -hmm. become this role of a, of a dictator, authoritarian, violent, even person. And, um, yeah. And even, you know, we all know that, you know, the cops often, you know, it's like a brotherhood. It's got, it's like a fraternity. And so, yeah, I, I think, Helping to de, I guess, militarize the police is also like on the table in that it is very much like a military, right? They have ranks, they have, um, that's, uh, they literally have a captain, lieutenant, sergeant, right? right? They, uh, yes, sir, no, sir, the uniform, the boots, the discipline, the academy, these are all very militaristic. And uh, it is interesting that you know, that is the way we train an officer, right? To the, A person that interacts with civilians on a day-to-day -day basis are already seen as apart and separate. Right. Um, and I wonder if that also contributes to um, police brutality. I definitely think it does. To me, the pragmatic side is, I think that a lot of Americans who are white, <laughs> they want that. They like that. It's, you know, it, and so in the effort for police reform, are you going to be able to advocate for the demilitarization of police and achieve it? I honestly, I don't think so, right? So to me, I think it's you, you minoritize it, right? Mm -hmm. By breaking up departments, you say, listen, there, there is a space for military. Is there? <laughs> I don't, there's a small space, right? Like the Sicario space, right? You know, like, like the, you know, the, the DOJ that's like, you know, going into wherever, like there is a space for it. And I think that by allowing that actually by allowing that and clarifying that, but at the same time minimalizing it, right? It's saying that the people that want that, 
the people that want that, here is the play, like, you're aggro, right? <laughs> like, you're an aggressive, non-empathetic, you know, grunt of a human being. We need about 10 of you, <laughs> right? Like, we need 10 of you, so apply for this department, right? Because we do need some of you, we don't need that many. <laughs> apply here, you know, and there, there it is. And then the other departments, you can allow them to be other things. And I think that that's something that in the long term can be achieved. Whereas if you say like, we're just gonna demilitarize, they're gonna be like, what about the drug dealers? What about the cartels, right? Like all these, and if you, there's no answer for that in the reform, right? Then conservatives are gonna win because they're gonna fear monger, right? So if part of the argument is, Hey, we're really bad at those right now because we're training them up. We're training up the people that should be fighting the cartels and all this stuff, right? We're training them in like prisons and you know wasting their time. Their time, like no, we're gonna have this special whatever. <laughs> and like, yeah, it's the compromise, right? What's the what is that? What is the compromise that I am willing to give to those people, to white people, right? To get things done and I'm okay with that right like if you still got SWAT whatever you know for whatever reasons you need it you still have whatever those those certain areas are then it makes sense sounds easy to me <clears throat> another big thing that I think and this is kind of talking about accountability because that's is I think that the reason why there's a lot of reasons why police are not being held accountable and I'm sure if you're listening to you know the daily or npr or any other podcast talking about politics right now there's so many of them how do you fix it right i think that we know in america how to fix it it's called separation of powers right like the reason why donald trump has not completely destroyed our country is because he's only the president of the united states right because there is still a Congress, right? There is still a judiciary. I know he's under trying to undermine all of those, but it takes time. Like separation of power is not immune, but it's slow and that's on purpose. I think that if you have those different departments, specifically, I think, if you have different people whose job it is to enforce laws and people whose job it is to solve crimes and give attorney's evidence that i think is is the hardest difference to make but is the most important because right now the people who have to solve crimes are wholly dependent on the people who enforce laws and so the ones who solve crimes they are not incentivized to enforce the laws on the people who they need right whereas if the budgets and systems were bigger and more distinct for your crime solvers, right? Your district attorneys, like, yeah, I would love to see like that LAPD doesn't actually take care of detectives, right? I think the district attorney should have detectives, right? Like, the, why, why is solving crimes a part of law enforcement? If those two things are separate, then you have a greater friction between them. You also like that brotherhood. I don't think you're ever gonna, get rid of that, right? Why? Because like 
small companies of like 12 people at like a cardboard factory talk about we're a family. Everybody, everybody does that with their coworkers, right? It's not unique to the police. I think it's more unique because I think it's more extreme in the police. Yes. Yeah. But the tendency towards it, you're never going to break. Right. So the way that you utilize it, I think you could like, right. It's, it's like, it's like retreats <laughs> used to do hazing, right? Like you gotta, you gotta stop the hazing, right? It's it's like this mentality of we have to initiate you into this club. I think like coworkers don't hate so each other and get tattoos together. Can you do that under the same banner? I don't get what you mean. So to me, I think you can get rid of it, right? Like the hazing, you know, the hazing, the soccer team that hazes. You know how you get rid of it? You disband your soccer team, right? You disband it for long enough, right? So that when you bring it back, it's a different thing. You even you change the name of the soccer team, right? Like you change the mascot. So like with something like the like, why are they so uptight about their uniforms being changed, right? Tradition, tradi whatever. It's that's the way machismo works i think that as long as the banner is the same lapd right you, i don't think that that culture will change i think that the culture is the banner the banner is the culture right so yeah if you're willing to completely revamp it rebrand it you change the name right like but people won't vote will vote for that right like no one will vote for the disbanding of the police department right so I think it's that opportunity for reset is by cutting, right? Cutting off, right? You cut off because I, yeah, if you cut off the detective work of policing, you say you are your own department now in charge of your own training. You don't have to hire from whatever police you make your own academy. Like they're going to prioritize teaching different things, right? And hopefully if the leadership at that point there is no tradition because you're not joining the LAPD. You're joining, you know, LA's crime solving, whatever, like unit. There's no tradition because the banner has been changed. I think that that's why I say I don't think it can change. Mm. Um, and then you also like the us, right? The us versus them. The way you increase, I mean, the oppressors understand this. The way you decrease their power is you break up their us, right? You pit them against each other. You do all these things. So we use that tool against, right, the police because if a law enforcement, right, person does wrong, yeah, his brothers, right, will band around him, but then the social workers won't, right? The DA's office won't, the detectives won't, the prison guards are like, yo, what are you doing, right? Like, you're going to send more prisoners to us because you're acting like this. Because, like, for me, even, like, one thing with the riots, I'm just like, where are all these police officers coming from? <laughs> like, you see this wall of police officers with riot gear, and you're like, they didn't just make that riot gear yesterday, <laughs> right? They, they didn't train these guys like, oh, my gosh, we got a riot. Everyone, we have mandatory, like, like midnight Zoom call, how to do riots, right? Like, they were ready for this. There were that many people ready for this. Why? Right? Why? I think that 
in I, my hope is that the next time there's a riot, there there isn't people trained to deal with the riots, right? Like, like there will be have to be 12 p.m. Zoom calls where they're getting like firefighters to be like, just stand there, because if you're you have all those people, you're trained for that. It's you're gonna use it, right? Like, what's gonna happen? Of course, it's gonna, you're gonna use it. And then I think with the accountability, we talk about unions. So if you don't know about police unions, and this is, I think Hannah and I are both on the same page for this, where we are very pro-union. Like, I like the idea of unions. I think that a lot of places should have unions. But I think that we have to know that unions are made of people and therefore corruptible. And will tend towards corruption, which I think we'll talk about in a different episode. But for police unions, I think, one very simple thing, there was an editorial in LA Times three days ago, because the local police union, they can fund political advertising. So they they didn't give directly because that would be a conflict of interest, but they funded political ads against the district attorney that was anti-police brutality, right? So that's very simple. I think it's a very simple fix that police unions are not allowed to politically advertise. I think that, you know, you cannot tell police officers who to vote for, but I feel like I wish a lot of this protest right now could be channeled towards maybe police officers should vote for a different union head, right? Maybe police officers should revise their union contract at the very least, right? And I also think that then in the budget, you need watchmen for the watchmen, right? Who watches the watchmen? Right now, we systematically have tasked the district attorney to prosecute police officers. Does it, it doesn't make sense because we have a system where the district attorney is dependent on police officers for its many other duties, right? And then we vote for a district attorney, right? And so what do district attorneys run on that they're doing their job, that they're stopping crime, right? They're getting arrests, whatever, all the tickets. I think a very simple solution is you have a separate office. There's a separate office with a separate elected official whose job it is to be the watchman for the police. They don't target any other crime because then it's a real simple evaluation every election cycle. If this person says, re-elect me, and we look at them and say, how many police officers have you prosecuted? Who, are, who need to be prosecuted. No, so how many police officers have you prosecuted? If they go zero, and we go, look at all these police beatings, yeah. right? If you're like, there's no police beatings, you're doing a great job, right? We like you, right? There's no, there's no police beatings. There's no police misconduct, right? But it's a simple, like, that's a, it's such a simple thing for voters to be able to do. And it's such a, it's such a harder scale for the political machinations to tip, right? Because it's such a simple job. Watch the police, prosecute the police. If there's no police violence, that job is so easy. So easy, right? And I will gladly pay a civil servant a million dollars a year to sit on his or her butt if there's no police violence, right? And if there is police violence, then that's the person, right? That job, that role, you tie their funding to the police department's budget, right? Not like it's, but like whatever the police department gets this department gets 10%, whatever that number is, right? So they're always funded, they're always able, and when we elect them, we know whether they've been doing their job or not. 
also sounds great. Let's, let's do it. <clears throat> so partly why I wanted to share about this is, you know, Hannah and I, we are planning on taking our kids and going to protest, socially distant, safe. I think it's like safely, a prayer vigil, but yes. Prayer vigil, all of the above. And even as, you know, I think that for me, my, the way that I'm built and the way that I'm, I think, right? If I am support, I'm, I'm saying publicly, right? I support Black Lives Matter. You know, we want police. I got to know. Police what? You got to finish your sentence. We want police. We want police reform, right? Like racial justice. I got to know what I'm asking for, right? And I and I don't think everyone has to. I don't think that this is something where like everybody like if you if you just know that police beating up black people is wrong and that brings you out into the street, awesome. Like I am Totally, like, that is the power, that that is power there, right? But for me, it's like, I need to know what I'm asking for. What am I asking for, right, that will bring about the changes that we want to see so that, as well, we don't get hoodwinked again, right? We don't get, oh, we're going to increase police trade. Like, if at the end of this, there's like a six th more things that police get trained on, we've lost. I think we've, I think it's a waste. I think, not a waste, but you know what I mean? Like, we've taken one centimeter step forward. I think that this energy, especially even seeing that like, yeah, like Eric Garcetti, like they're gonna reallocate 100 to $150 million budget. If they could just departmentalize that, right? Make it official, make, give it a name. Oh, like that would go such a huge way, right? But then I think what I'm asking of myself and whoever is listening, again, we have to say, what is our relationship to the police? Especially if you're not black, right? If you're not black, what do I want the police to do? Do I blame them when there's crime, right? That is something that I, can't, I have to stop doing. When I see crime happen, I cannot blame the police for not stopping it. Otherwise, this is how they're going to stop it. The answer is solve poverty. And that will be the next podcast. <laughs>